Amen. Praise God. I want you to open your Bibles today to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. I want to speak to you this morning about renewing our strength, developing more faith as a subtitle. We'll look as a text at a text in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31, and find out what we need to hear from the Lord. I'm reading from the New International Version, it says in verse 28, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Heavenly Father, your word is powerful. It's quick and powerful. It's alive. It separates the soul and the spirit. Today we pray that you would use your word to separate us, our spirit from our soul, that we might be strengthened in our spirit, and that our soul will be encouraged. And Father, that we would be obedient to your word. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and understanding to come today as we look into your word and to your principles. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 I want to talk today about renewing our strength. And as we look at this, you're going to find that we have six points that I'd like to go through on this message. The first three are going to talk about diet. The last three is going to talk about exercise. If you're going to be on a strengthening program and trying to get in shape physically, well, you've got to watch your diet. You've got to watch your exercise. You've got to make sure that you're doing both. Get in, in physical condition. We need to get our spirit into the condition, right? We need to be spiritually fit. So we look at this and we find that God is speaking to us, and, and in verse 29 it says, He gives strength to the weary. You know, our bodies a lot of times can't keep up with our spirit, and we get weary, and He tells us in His Word not to grow weary in well-doing. So we know that God is there to give us strength. He gives strength to the weary. He gives physical strength. He gives encouragement. There's a, uh, it's amazing. I felt it. I can feel it physically when God just renews our physical strength. Then it says, He increases the power of the weak. Power is the ability to do, the capacity to act. He increases our ability to do things. He increases our capacity or our authority to do them as well. And so when, we, when God calls us, the first thing that we say is, well, I can't do that because I've never done that before. Or I don't know how to do that. That's okay because what you're saying, you are vocally saying, I am weak in that area. I can't do that. But he says he gives power to the weak. He gives you the ability to do it. He gives you the capacity wherewith to act in that thing, and so we can draw upon him. But we feel weak in that particular area. Then he says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. So as the other verses talked about physical strength, where he says he gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak, and he gives us emotional strength or strength to our soul, where, the, where we thought that we couldn't do it, well, our mind, our will, and our emotions begin to change and be strengthened to realize that he gives power, the ability to do this, the capacity to act. We're strengthening our soul. This last part in verse 31, this is where he gives our spirit. He strengthens our spirit. But those who hope or who wait upon the Lord, and that word wait simply means to expect or to hope in, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. Let's talk about our heavenly, the heavenly realm, the divine nature that's within us. They will run and not grow weary. We'll run this race. The Apostle Paul said, I run with perseverance, laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles you. He says, run with perseverance, the race course marked out for you. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. We will walk with him, walking in the spirit, living in the spirit, and not faint uh, from, from spiritual exhaustion or fear, spiritual or fear that would grip us and do away with our the faith that's there to strengthen our spirit. Now, why do we need strength, our strength renewed? Shouldn't it just constantly be getting more and more as we walk with the Lord? I mean, as we hear the word and we walk with him, shouldn't our strength just logically, shouldn't it be increasing all the time? Why do we need it to be renewed? Battles. 
Because we're always going out there and exerting our, ourselves, right? Why do you need physical strength? And a lot of times it's not the battles, it's just laziness. You know, if you go home and you sit on the couch and you begin to just take a routine, a sedentary routine and not doing very much stuff, after a while, after a few weeks, your muscles would atrophy and you would be out of shape physically and you wouldn't feel like doing anything because you haven't been doing anything. And it's just amazing. And your, your mind begins to tell you that you're tired and you haven't really done anything to make you tired, but you're just tired. Anybody ever know that? Have you ever been sick or ill and you've been in the hospital and different things and it pulls you down, changes your routine, then you feel tired and you haven't done anything? And so that's what happens in our spiritual realm. When we haven't done anything spiritually to exert our spiritual muscles, then we become weak in our spiritual life and we don't feel like doing anything in our spiritual life and really not interested in, our, in doing anything. And we're just interested in just sitting around doing nothing in our spiritual life. So we don't even realize that we need strength because we're not using it to know that our strength is gone in that particular area. Amen. I've had some surgeries and I had a shoulder surgery, the last surgery I had, and I wasn't supposed to use that arm for different reasons or whatever. Well, I had to rebuild some strength in it because it had just atrophied. There was nothing there. I went fishing this week. Morgan and Eric took me fishing and it was a lot of fun. And uh, I was enjoying trying to learn how to cast that, <laughs> that big old cork and stuff again, because I hadn't thrown, thrown it out there. I had to tell my, those muscles to, uh, the, the muscle memory was, was uh, you know, it had Alzheimer's or <laughs> something. My, my muscles did. It didn't remember any of that stuff, and so it had to be retrained because they hadn't been doing that. I told them my fishing muscles were, had atrophied because I hadn't fished for so long. Uh, it's the same way in our spiritual life when we haven't exerted ourselves, when we haven't done anything in the spiritual realm, our spiritual muscles atrophy and we need strength. The problem is most of the time we don't even realize that we need strength because we haven't used them. But then when the enemy comes, he walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He picks out the weak and that's where he goes and he launches his attack. And all of a sudden we think that we're going to do what we had done or what we're supposed to do, and we find that we don't have the spiritual strength that's necessary to take care of that situation that Satan is bringing against us. Would you say amen? amen. The word that's used here, when, if you look up this passage of Scripture in verse 31, it says, but those who wait upon the Lord or those whose hope is in the Lord, that, is one, that phrase is only one Hebrew word. It's one single word, and uh, it, it gives the... the the thought of expecting those who are, and it's like, it means tangled together, twisted together. It's the word, the Hebrew word kava, and it's a primitive root. It means to bind together, uh, and, and then fig figuratively it means to expect. Now when you get bound and wrapped up together with God, and then you expect him to do something, then that's when things begin to change. Uh, but those who hope in the Lord, those who are wrapped up in Him, drawing strength, intertwined with His strength, and expecting Him to move in our life, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. We used to sing in, in, in a choir in Topeka, Kansas, and we sang a song by Nancy Harmon, and it was wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. Now, I never knew, I, I'd like to ask her, I don't know if she's still around or not, but if she knew that that's exactly what this verse means, get wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus where you can't get it out and you can't get free and his strength becomes your strength and your strength becomes in him and then, wow, you move. Have you ever, well, I was going to say, I, I, I've got a lawnmower and I've got a tiller and I've run that tiller across some dirt and things get buried in the ground, you know, over years. And I've tangled up water hoses and string, nylon string and various things like that. And I went out to look at that tiller the other day and uh, it wouldn't hardly turn. And there was just a small, probably a, a 332nd diameter string of nylon that was wrapped around those tines there. And, but it was wrapped up and tied up and tangled up all up so much that it was binding up that huge six-foot-wide tiller. And I got to thinking, wow, that's pretty amazing. If we get all wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in Jesus, his strength is multiplied, and it can, it can stop some of the greatest forces that, that are around. Wow. 
So that's what we need to do. We need to wait upon him. We need to expect in him. And our expectation is so much that we just get all wrapped up in him that we're not going to focus on anything else, not let anything else distract us. We're going to get our strength in him and tangle together in him and renew our strength and then mount up with wings as eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. To renew simply means to get, give fresh life or strength to. It means to replace or to restore. So we need to restore this strength that we have. And like Dwayne mentioned, that a lot of times our, by exercising and exerting our spiritual strength, we can grow weary in that as well. We go from battle to battle, and we're to be more than conquerors because we conquer this battle, then we go to the next one and we conquer it. So we're more than a conqueror because we've already conquered that, so there's more for us to conquer, and we conquer again. So that's more than a conqueror. But when you walk as a conqueror or as more than a conqueror, then you are exerting a tremendous amount of energy and strength. I saw what they feed J.J. Watt, and his breakfast has about five, 6,000 calories, 9,000 calories, something like that, just in his breakfast. Because that's what he exerts. He'll, he'll burn off that in, in no time. So he's exerting that, and he needs that to replenish and to strengthen him. He needs that fuel. What are we doing in the spiritual realm? Are we, do we have the same tenacity in the spiritual realm where we don't give up, that we're ready for the next, the next snap of the ball? We're, we're down there. We're ready. We are ready for that. And so we've got to draw upon the fuel that we have that we've put into our spirit and, and the spiritual muscles that we have and, and exert them all at one time, and everything comes together for an explosion of knocking the enemy off his route. Renewed, refreshed, restored every day. It takes a daily routine. It takes daily discipline. Daily discipline to be strong in the spirit. But we think that we can come and just once a week feed on a little bit, have a little bit of a snack, and that that's going to do it. If all that you're getting from the Lord is a Sunday morning snack, then you're really missing out, and no wonder you, can't, you don't have any energy because you don't have any fuel in, in there. To re, it means to revive, to increase. Uh, it means and to, re, and to restore that which is decayed, so the, the atrophy, to re, renew your strength so that the spiritual muscles that have decayed or atrophied, it needs to, we need to have those replaced. And so simply what it means is, is that the people of God who trust in him shall become strong in faith. How many of you say, well, I could, I could stand to be a little bit stronger in faith? I'll put both hands up on that. <laughs> I need to be. And we, you know, we need to be able to contend with spiritual foes. We need to gain victory over uh, our sins that are in our life. We need to discharge the duties that are assigned to us and overcome the trials of life. We need strength. So turn to the 105th Psalm, Psalm 105. And the first five verses there give us a little pattern of some things to do to help us to line up with God so that, he can, that, that our strength can be renewed and that we can be what he's called us to be. Psalm 105 and 1 through 5 says, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. So here it tells us to do several things. Every, every one of those little phrases, there's a comma or a semicolon, or a period. And so it's emphasizing these things that we need to do. And what I find out of that, the first thing that caught my attention was to renew our strength, we need to call more on him. And the 105th Psalm, verse 1, the second little part there, so we'd say part B, says, call on his name. Now, how do you call on the name of the Lord? Now, word literally, call, means to cry out and to, with a loud voice to get attention, to call on some, call upon him. How do we go about doing that? That ought to be really through our prayer. When you engage in prayer, then you are calling out to him. Now, that, this, is a part, this is a part of where the things that we do, the first three of these we do on our knees, the last three we do on our feet. 
We get prepared. You know, you sit at the table and you feed yourself and you go to the gym, you work out, or you go outside and you, you get strengthened in some type of way of strengthening program so that when you go to apply that, the strength that you need is applied into that area that you want to release that strength into, whatever job or sport or whatever it is that you need that strength. Everybody following me. So you do certain things in preparation and then the others, it works out of you as you are exerting this strength. So these first three are what we do into preparation, and the first is to call upon the name of the Lord. If you need to prepare to be strengthened, we call upon Him. Uh, people call the doctor. People call a friend. People call a psychic hotline. Call upon the Lord. Amen. You know, we need to call on Him. We need to call on God. We talk about everything. We talk about the weather. We talk about politics. We talk about cars. We talk about news. We talk about fishing. We talk about golf. We talk about everything. But how about talking about the Lord? Talk about Him. You know, and call upon Him and then talk to yourself. The Bible, Paul says in Ephesians, speaking to yourself with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Speak to ourselves. Call upon Him. Pray. And, and then talk about Him so that you can hear yourself talking about Him. Wow, that sounds strange. When you talk about the Lord, it's your spirit talking, and that lets your soul in on it, and your soul gets to hear it. The second thing that I saw there, not only we call upon the Lord first, secondly, we show more of Him. Show more of Him. That's through praise. It says there, uh, make known among the nations what He has done. In, Psalm, or in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, it says that, that, for the, that God had a purpose for the church, that through the church that the manifold wisdom of God shall be shown to the principalities and those powers and to all of these particular ruling entities, these nations, if you will, of governing powers of darkness, and we need to make known to them, we need to show more of who God is through our praise and through the Holy Spirit in us to these strongholds and principalities and powers and rulers in high places. Make known among the nations what he has done. You can uh, praise, you can't praise God. As you, and this is talking about our praise and praising him. And so we're needing more strength. And what usually has pulled us down is we're, we've been talking about this person that did us wrong. And this thing, if, if, you know, if that hadn't have been there, then I would have got this. And, and somebody else got that job. Or, and somebody else got this man or, or that woman or whatever. And we're talking about all the things that are wrong. We're complaining about this and complaining about that, of all these different things that are in our life that has weakened us. But when we, you can't praise God and complain about situations at the same time. Praise and, and complaining can't flow out of the same vessel. You know, you can't oil and you can try to mix oil and vinegar, it just doesn't mix. And, and so the Bible talks about, you know, can praise and, 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 and complaining, I'll put it in that way, come out of the same vessel at the same time? No, it can't. It can't exist there. Fear and faith can't exist. Well, praise and, and griping and complaining can't exist at the same time either. So if we will turn on that thing and show more of him through our praise and let him be evident in our life, then we begin to be strengthened in that thing. Because we, when you feed one thing, the other thing dies. So when we feed our praise to him, then our griping and complaining about our situation and our circumstance begins to be littler and littler and littler. 102, uh, chapter, chapter 102 in Psalms, I mean, the 105th Psalm, verse 2 says, tell of all his wonderful acts. And when we tell those things, you know, you'd see in the, in the Bible where they'd be talking about, God, you're the God that led us out of Egypt. You're the God that, that uh, opened part of the Red Sea. You're the God that, called, that brought manna down from heaven. You're the God that uh, brought water out of the rock. And they talked about all the good things that God had done. And as they begin to talk about those things and tell of his wonderful acts, they begin to think about all the miracles and all the things that God had done. And if he did that there, then what's this thing here? This is not too difficult for God. If he parted the Red Sea, he can open up this situation for me. Amen. I prayed for traffic to open up before. I said, Lord, you parted the Red Sea, you can part this traffic for me. <laughs> Amen. So we need to show more of him through our praise. In verse 3 of the 105th Psalm, it says, Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. 
Rejoice. And we rejoice by choice. And when we choose to rejoice in a situation that where we would, might be mumbling and grumbling and complaining and pulling ourselves down, when we choose to rejoice, something happens and it changes. Our mind says, oh, it, it, things must be good because we're, we're praising God, so it must be good. And it sends out those signals. Think everything's cool. It is well with my soul. Don't worry about it. It's, go, it's all right. Everything's going to be all right. And it sends those messages out, and pretty soon we begin to feel like it's all right. It's going to be okay. Glory, the word that's used there for glory is the Hebrew word, one of the seven Hebrew words that are used for praise, and it is halal. It's where we get our word, hallelujah. It means to be clamorously foolish, talking about. It means, it means to shine, to cause to be seen. Have you ever noticed when someone really gets happy in the Lord and they get excited in the Lord, you can't help but seeing them? And then come and complain to me. <laughs> What's wrong with that person? They're excited. <laughs> they are halowing. <laughs> They're allowing something. No, no, halow. <laughs> halow. <laughs> to shine, to cause to be seen, to make a show, to boast. It means to be clamorously foolish. Sometimes we just need to get foolish with our praise before God. Get your praise on and praise him. Amen. It always happens to me when I'm in the car and there's, tra and there's this traffic light and somebody's sitting next to me. When I'm really getting it, my praise on and getting clamorously foolish there and they're looking over like, well, what is up with you? And I'm saying, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. They really notice you when you're on a Harley and doing that. <laughs> Can't get behind tinted windows or anything. You know, you just really stand out when that happens. But, but praise him. Show more of him. Let him come out of you and let the Holy Spirit come out of you. Praising God. In Proverbs 8.10, or 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. So he says, he's saying there's glory in his holy name. You ought to get excited about the name of the Lord when you begin to praise him and you say, Lord, I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider and I thank you that you are providing right now. And when you say that, that comes with expectation that he, who he is will be who he is. And he will do what he says he will do. And he will provide because he is the provider. And I don't rejoice and talk about how bad things are because I know that the provider is on my side. And when I need that, he's going to bring it. Amen. Amen. And when we feel like things are soaring around us and everything's falling apart, everything's going wrong, and we can't see the next place to... to, to hit the enemy or to try to, to defend ourselves and we need to kind of regroup and it's like we feel like things are just falling apart and he is Jehovah Nisi. We just call out Jehovah Nisi and we praise him. What is Jehovah Nisi? He's my banner. He's, they hold up that standard in the battle so that when the soldiers would kind of get turned around on that hand-to-hand -hand combat and they couldn't tell where they was and where they were and where they needed to regroup, they could look over and find the standard and they'd say, oh, there it is. Let's rally around our standard. And they would rally back around and get encouraged to make a tremendous surge again against the enemy. Oh, we can rally around the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory in his name. Exalting him. When everything else is falling apart, he never falls apart. He's got it together. And we can rejoice in him. Glory in his name. Boy, when the devil reminds you of how messed up you are and what your past was and how bad your past was, you can, you know, and you're trying to think, well, you know, I know I'm saved and, and, and he forgave me of all that, but the devil keeps bringing up your past. You know, the old saying, when he brings up your past, just bring up his future, <laughs> you know. But when he keeps bringing all that up, then we shout out Jehovah Sitkanu because he is Jehovah righteousness, my righteousness, my right relationship with the Father comes through my relationship with Jesus Christ. And because of that, I stand righteous and forgiven before God Almighty. And boy, that'll set you free so that you not feel like you got one foot nailed to the ground and you're just trying to, you're just going around in circles and you can't ever, on this Christian life, you can't ever make any headway because you feel like you're being held back because of all the stuff that you did in your life. But that's passed away. The old is gone. The new has come. And so we glory in his name and we march forward. And we can holler along with that at the same time. Jehovah Mekadesh, Mkadesh, Mkadesh, meaning my sanctification. Jehovah, my sanctification. He sanctifies us. He sets us apart, calls us, 
uh, out of his glory, that we walk in him and we are set apart to be to the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. So show more of him. And then as we begin to declare who he is, we line up and become more like him. And we trust in him. And we walk like him. And begin to talk like him, saying what he says. Number three, in this preparation for our strength to be renewed, is look more to God. We look around for all kinds of things for help, but we need to look to God for our strength to be renewed. You know, we do this through, um, through his word, looking for God. How did, where is he? Well, he's in the written word, and he's also in the Holy Spirit that, that, the, Lord, that the Father left for us, who would lead us into all truth. So we're going to look for God, and so we'll look for him through his spirit that he's given to us as he would speak to us and, and lead us and guide us. And through his word, reading the word, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 through 3 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The King James says, looking unto Jesus. But that Greek word is not just looking, but fix your eyes so much that it holds your look, your stare, you're fixed upon him. The, the author and the perfecter of our faith. He authors the faith. He perfects the faith for us for that given situation. He says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Look to him and what he's done and what he's accomplished and what he did. He conquered sin, hell, and the grave. He rose triumphant and he died to save us, but he rose to enable us to do what he needs us to do. That gives me strength. If he can conquer that, then through him I can conquer anything. Amen? Looking to other people, looking to for financial gain, or when I, you know, when I get this, or if I win the lottery, or whatever, and and you know, uh, if I could just get this house, and when I get this taken care of, then I'll, I'll things will be better, and and you know, if I could just get this thing settled, then things will be better, and we're always looking for something, a way to help God out. That when such and such happens, then we'll be in a situation where. We can trust God. No, you trust God when you don't have anything, and he'll help take care of all those other things. Jesus said it like this in Matthew's Gospel, the sixth chapter. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So we don't wait for these things to be added to us and then seek him or trust him. No, we seek him first, trust him first, and then all these things are added to us. We've got to look to God. If you're going to have strength renewed, you've got to look to God. Looking to Jesus increases our faith. And we look through his word and faith comes by hearing, hearing from the word. So as we look into the word and we discovered God and we see God there, then that increases our faith. And it also gives us hope to expect that what God did there, he will do it for us. So faith and hope increase as we look more to God. A lot of people lack faith because they look at their faults and failures and, and they look at the faults and failures in other people. And a lot of times we want to see the faults and failures in others so that our faults and failures don't seem so, so bad. Well, you know, so-and-so, they did such and such, so I'm not so bad. And we're always trying to justify ourselves and, and uh, save ourselves. But I have been justified. I've been declared to be righteous, not upon somebody else's how good or how bad they are, not because I'm better than somebody else, but because Jesus was the best. And in him I have this, and I, when I believe... On him, the, the Bible says that he declared, the Father declares the believing sinner to be righteous. Justification. Just as if I'd never sinned. So I look and I discover that and I gain strength from that. And see, Satan brings all these things to us because he wants us to have fear. And he wants to control us. Hmm. And he'll always bring guilt He'll bring, or there'll be like anger. We'll right, we think, well, yeah, we get angry at a situation. He'll try to get us to be angry, or he'll try to uh, get us to fear. And so, you know, that's how he he tries to rob us of our strength, and that's how he wants to control us. It's through fear, through anger, through guilt. 
He'll bring something into our life and cause us to be afraid. Oh, no. Now uh, things are going all right, but now this has happened. And so the more we talk about that thing, the more we look to that thing instead of looking to God, the more we, you know, are seeing that situation and we research it out, you know, and we find all this, oh, my goodness. You know, now we are, what are we doing? We're having fear. Or then we, or we get angry. We get angry at God because he's, you know, why did you do this to me, God? Or why didn't you do such and such so that this wouldn't happen and all these things? And we get angry. Or then Satan will try to bring guilt. Well, see, if you weren't who you are, God wouldn't even allow this to happen in your life. Satan brings that fear, that anger, that guilt to try to control you. Did you know that people, that Satan works the same thing through people? If somebody's trying to control you, they'll either do it out of fear to try to scare you into submission, or they'll be so angry at you that, that it put, then you'd like back away from them or bring a guilt trip on you so that you'll have to go ahead and do whatever it is that they want, to do, they want you to do because you feel guilty if you don't do it. That's a controlling spirit, people, if you don't know that. And if you got one, you better get rid of it. <laughs> and God doesn't like it. He's the only one in control. So that, in a sense, is anti-Christ because Christ is the one that's in control. And when you allow a controlling spirit and you're trying to control other people, God doesn't like that. Come on. Well, so we find ourselves in a situation where that we've, we, get, we gain fear from it and, uh, and doubt. We begin to doubt ourselves or to doubt that God's going to do anything. And so that brings us into the 62nd Psalm. And one of my favorite Psalms, in verse 5, it says... Find rest, O my soul, in God alone, for my hope comes from him. The King James says, uh, my soul, wait only upon thee, for my expectation comes from God. There's that word wait again, which means expect. It means hope. And so the NIV says, find rest, O my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, in God alone, not in anything else. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation or my deliverer and my honor depend upon him. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Verse 8, trust in him all, at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's the one that we need to trust. So we renew our strength in him as we look more to him so we call upon God we uh, show more of him through our praise and then we look more to him through his word and through believing through faith and 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 expecting through hope and those things prepare us then so that as we're our strength is being renewed it's not just as you sit in his presence or as you read it but it it really needs to happen when you walk out the door because that's when the exercise begins that's when the game starts. That's when the work begins. That's when you need the strength that you're restoring needs to come into effect. And as you are exercising that strength, you can become weak because you are exerting strength that's just been refreshed. So we need to continue to be strengthened, right? So how do you do that? How do you continue to be strengthened when you're exerting in a tremendous amount of strength? Well, this preparation helps, but the Next thing then, which would be number four in this message, but it's the first thing in, in the practical aspect in our exercise part of this is to think more about God. So when you're out there and you're doing what you need to do and you're being hit on every side and here comes what happens, your mind, your will, and your emotions are, are being engaged in this situation and you don't know whether to be afraid. You're going to back up and not be afraid through your emotions and and your mind's going to think about all these things that are happening. And Satan tries to bring certain thoughts into your mind to control you. Hello. Y'all ever been in, in that situation? It could be with a habit or a hang-up where, you know, oh, no, those little triggers. Something hits and you think, oh, man, that's when I used to do such and such. Or I used to get that substance or whatever and, and help me through. So those triggers will come. What do you do? Do you think more about that substance or, or whatever? No, you got to think more about God. That's when you put it into practice. And the, Paul said the spirit battles against the flesh, and the flesh battles against the spirit. He said that, that I would want to do, I find myself not doing. This is in Romans chapter 7. Read it. It's pretty good. He says, what I, what I want to do, I'm not doing. And what I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this? And he says, thank God. 
It's through Jesus Christ, my Lord. I have this victory. I've got victory. And he begins to think more about God. The 105th Psalm, verse 5. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. Wow. Remember the wonders he has done. So when you get in that situation and everything seems like it's falling apart, no, you don't let it fall apart. You think more about God and about what he has done and, and the, remember the wonders he has done. Just like the children of Israel when they walk out. Now, he deli- he's the one that delivered the, Red, or, uh, delivered the children of Israel. He parted the Red Sea and he, they start talking about everything he has done so that when they get there, they're expecting him to do the same thing or more for them. So when it looks like it's, it's turning back on you, you begin to push it back and you begin to stand against it by thinking about who God is. He spoke and the universe came into existence. And so you can speak to that storm, that darkness, and see his creation come into a, to your miracle be created in that situation. Jesus spoke and the storm ceased and peace came. You can speak as well and that storm will cease. And peace can rule and govern in your life. Think more about him. Isaiah 26, verse 33, or verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So that's a promise. If we trust in him and our mind is stayed upon him, it says that he gives us perfect peace. Wow. Perfect peace. Isaiah 26, from the Living Bible, it says it like this on verse 3. He will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in him, whose thoughts turn often to the Lord. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? You need to check up from the neck up. Get rid of your stinking thinking, amen? And be thinking about Jesus, about about God, about what he has done. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. There's that strength that's being renewed right in the midst of, of confronting the enemy, in the midst of this exercise, if you will. Do not be terrified, he says. Don't let that fear come. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, this is so in this point in your strength renewal and you're exercising it, what is it? What are we actually doing here? We are praying the word that we read. When we looked to God and we read his, we looked into the word of God and we looked to God through the word and those scriptures came. When you're in this situation, you begin to pray again, but you're praying the word of God and you are praying and declaring and decreeing those promises of God that says perfect peace will come to me because he said my mind has stayed upon them, upon him. And you begin to declare and decree and pray the word of God that says that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. He is high and lifted up. He is exalted above all things. And you begin to declare the word of God. You begin to pray the word of God. And boy, that begins to, that strength that you need is like kicking in the four-wheel drive. And here we go. In Psalm 119, verse 15, the psalmist said, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. You hear what he's saying? What does he do when he's out there and David's fighting these battles and, and these, all these enemies around there? He says, I meditate on your precepts. He says, I let those, your word, I meditate upon it. I think on it. I'm going to think more about God. I'm going to think more about his word. And that's what I'm going to meditate upon and how, he, how good he is and how strong he is and what he would have me to do in the situation. He says, I meditate upon your precepts and consider your ways, what you would do. What would you do, Jesus, in this situation? I'm going to think about him. And I delight in your decrees is what the psalmist said. I will not neglect your word. Your word will guide me. It will lead me. It will be the, it's the pilot's compass. It's the traveler's map. It's the soldier's sword. The word of God is everything that we need. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Hallelujah. 
Psalm 119, where, he's, where we see here that fear and discouragement tries to come when we're in this situation, when we're in this engagement, if you will. We've already prepared, but now we've got to make it real in our life. It's okay to, to do it and everything, but, but there's a time when you've got to show it, amen? That strength that you've been building up, then, then you exert it. And Psalm 119, 15 says, I meditate on your precepts is what he said. So we do that. We meditate upon the principles of God and put them into effect. And then like the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, he says, finally, brothers, he's telling them, he says, okay, now then, I've taught you all these things. I've taught you the doctrine and I've told you all these things that you need to do. And he says, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and, or praiseworthy, think about such things. Don't let your mind pull you down and be discouraged or defeated in this situation. He said, you put your mind, you set it up here on things above, not on these things that are below. Amen. Hallelujah. So he says, you got to get your thinking right. Even the world tells us we need to have a positive attitude. That's fine, but it needs to be positive in Christ and in his word, amen? I can tell you that I can be positive and say, I think I'm going to be a, a heart surgeon. Jeff, you want me to try it out on you? I'm positive I can do this. <laughs> I'm positive I can. Oh, you had one of those doctors already. You can be positively wrong, <laughs> you know, than if you're just having positive thinking. You can be, yeah, you're positive that you're thinking wrong. It's like the little boy, he was studying and doing his math homework, and his dad came in and said, well, how are you doing? He says, oh, I'm going to make an F on this test. He says, oh, don't say you're going to make an F on that test. Be positive. Be positive. Or he says, I think I'm going to fail this test. I think I'm going to fail the test tomorrow. And the dad says, don't even think that. He says, you've got to think positive. And the boy says, okay, I'll be positive. I know I'm going to fail this test tomorrow. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> you can be positive upon what God says, what he said he means. And as they say, the old saying, you can take that to the bank. You can be positive in his word so we think more about God. And then we need to hear more from God. I taught a whole series on how to hear God. That would be a great place to just get that and insert it right here. So just insert all that data right here in this because when you're out there and you're in the midst of the situation and your strength, you've been renewing your strength and you're exerting your strength and in that situation you need a renewal of strength. You need that second wind, if you will. You need to hear more from God. There's a time when you know what the Word says and you've prayed it and you've prepared and then you go out there and you're being as positive and you're thinking about God and it's like you're just pushing as hard as you can push but you need that, that second effort. You need that little extra push. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I used to visualize a, a person that uh, there was a story about a man. He was all weak and, and he wanted to build up his strength and so he asked this, this man, you know, that he, he could... For his advice, and he says, I'll tell you what you do every day. He said, you see that great big huge boulder out there? He said, every day you go out there, and he says, you push against the rock. You push against the rock. So he'd go out there, and it, you know, it was about like that. And so he'd go out there, and he would push, and he would push, and he'd be like, man, that's not working. You know, he did that for three months. He'd go out, and he would push as hard as he could. He'd push, and he'd change, and he'd push this way. He'd push as hard as he could push, and he'd turn around and push as hard as he could push and he tried everything and finally he goes back to him after about four months he says man I have been pushing and pushing against that big huge boulder and it hasn't budged an inch he says nothing's happening he says oh have you looked in the mirror lately and when he looked in the mirror he saw that his back was stronger his legs were strong his calves were strong where he'd been pushing his arms were built up and he says now you you didn't fail you succeeded because now you're your strength has been built up. That's what you want to do. The goal wasn't to move that rock. The goal was to be strong. So sometimes there's things there that Satan puts a blockade and God says, you just push on it because you'll get stronger in the situation. And hey, you know what? We can just walk around that thing. <laughs> you get smarter after a while. When you get, don't work harder, you work smarter. But we, so we need to hear from God and hear what he says. In, in Psalm 85, 8, I will hear... Or I will listen to what God 
The Lord will say, he promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. Listen to what he says. Hear more from God and then do what he says to do. A lot of times, and this is in our practice here, it's when we begin, we go from praise and showing him more and the, the, the glory in him, the praise and exalting into the worship part and in the, in the practical part of worship. You see, praise, God inhabits the praise of his people. Praise is what we do and for God to show up. And when he shows up, worship is what takes over next for the divine embrace of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so when we want to hear more from God, we can hear it not from his word as we meditate upon his word, but also in worship and through the Holy Spirit. You know, he says, I will listen to what God the Lord will say. In times of worship, I want to come to that place, that secret place of the Most High. And I want to find him there. And then I want to hear what he would have to say. Seven times in the book of Revelation, it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We need to hear what he has to say. Many people are weak because they listen to the wrong thing. They, they listen to a lot of other people or listen to various other things. But instead of listening to the Lord, we just need to listen and hear more from God. God speaks to us through his word. And so as we've read that word in preparation and as we're praying that word, God will speak to us and show us something out of that portion of his word. He speaks to us through worship. He speaks to us through his spirit, through the Holy Spirit, finds ways. There's times of when we're so scattered and, and our brains are going all this way that even at night, so he waits till we get to sleep at night so he can speak to us and he'll give you dreams or he'll give you a vision and speak to you. And he'll give you a warning dream or he'll give you a calling dream or he'll give you something. Those dreams mean something. Write them down. Quick. Because <laughs> you'll lose it within a minute. And then if you say, what does this mean? Well, bring it here. We'll look, we'll look through the word of God. We'll find out what it means. Send an email or a text or a Facebook or something. Let's find out what is God saying? You might say, well, on that one, I think it was just too much pizza. <laughs> so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. But God speaks, and he'll speak to, to us in those dreams. And, and in, uh, Job talks about it in Job, Job uh, when he's writing that God comes. And so hear more from God. What does he have to say? And then the final thing on this part, on these three of where we're actually doing something, because faith without works is dead, and we've got to do more through God. If you don't get out there and do it, then you're not exercising the faith or the, putting the, to, into effect all of the energy that you took in, and we become fat Christians. We're not getting any exercise. We can tell everybody what to do and what the Word of God says and all this stuff, and, but we're not exercising, so we're just fat Christians. Can't hardly move. Just sitting there. Everybody on the podcast will be wondering, what's going on? Why are they laughing? You need to come to church to find out those things. You know, we need to do more through God and exercise those, those muscles, those faith muscles. Faith without works is dead, so we need to be filled with the Spirit of God and go out and do what He's called us to do. There in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, where it says, uh, be filled with the Spirit. The word be filled, it means, or be, means be being filled. Be being filled, constantly be being filled, not just one time, not at a retreat four years ago, you know, or whatever, but every day, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Great, you, he filled you, in, you were filled with him in the morning, but what about this afternoon when it hits? You know, I mean constantly praying and doing more through God. Philippians 4.13, where the Apostle Paul says there in, to the Philippians, he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do more things. I can do all things through him. Jesus said, greater things than these shall ye do. He said, do. And he said, go and bring forth fruit. It's always about going and doing and bringing it about. We're commissioned to go and do these things, not to sit and see if they're going to happen. Not to be a spectator, but a participator, as I preached in that message a few, year, few weeks ago. Some Christians do so little uh, for the Lord because, and, and they become... Uh, uh, 
dependent in a sense. They just, you know, a little weak and they have to have somebody do something for them. But it's time that we begin to exercise so that we can take care of some of those things. And a lot of times by not doing these things, they are limited in their, their spiritual strength. We've got to depend upon the unlimited power of God in every circumstance and every situation. If you're depending upon your strength, it's only going to go so far. But that's why we've got to be dependent upon the unlimited power of God. And what we do, he comes with us. And we do all we can, and then he does what we cannot do. But sometimes God waits for us to take a first step before he helps us with the second step. You know, we always want God to take that habit away from us. And he says, I didn't, I didn't make that mountain. You made that mountain. You need to speak to that mountain and have it go. Sometimes he doesn't give us a front end loader to move the mountain. He gives us a shovel. I think I've moved some mountains with a spoon. Boy, this is going to be a long time. <laughs> wow. And God says, yeah, well, what do you think you should have done instead of building the mountain? <laughs> I learned a lesson. Well, don't do that. Don't do that again. You know, we ought to learn something from it. But do more through God. And you'll see your strength be, uh, be renewed. People, we've got to, we can't afford not to be strong Christians. Renewing your strength. And so we've got to call more on God through prayer. We've got to show more of Him through our praise and, and giving Him glory. We, we've got to look more to Him in situations and circumstances. Building our faith, looking into the Word of God, reading it, and it builds faith and it builds hope. And then we've got to get up off of our knees and we've got to go out and then we've got to think more about Him and keeping our mind uh, uh, engaged with him and, and not thinking on all this stuff over here but thinking about what his, word, what his word says and what his word tells me that I can do through him and then we need to hear more from him through our prayer, through our worship through the Holy Spirit and however he's speaking to us and guiding us into all truth and then we need to uh, do more through God with the faith that he's provided for us because it's given to us to go do things it's not faith, faith without works it's just dead faith and faith is not faith until it's tested. You know, God doesn't limit faith, and faith doesn't limit God. And so we get out there and we begin to do what he's called us to do. And so today I want to ask you, what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this message that God has prepared for you today? Are you going to say, oh, that's great, as we watch the exercise program on television? We see, yeah, you've got to change that, that diet. Maybe we go to a website. Okay, yeah, I need to get those recipes. That's a good recipe there. Yeah, I need to walk more. I need to do some things. Yeah, okay. All right, I got it. And then we go back and get us a bag of chips, a bowl of ice cream, and sit there and watch the next one that comes up. What are you going to do? Are you going to make it a reality in your life? Or are you just going to throw it off? You know, some people come to church with a pitchfork. And they, they, I think they need that more than I do. And they're, and they're tossing the hay back over their, their shoulder for some other person to, to feed on. Let's pray together this morning. Well, Father, as we just come into your presence, or we've been in your presence today, we thank you for the strength that you're bringing to us and what you want to do through us. We hear this. We want to be doers now of this word. So as we leave this place today, we, we thank you today, Father, that we're going to walk in a renewed strength. Father, we're going to walk in a renewed ability. We are excited about the things that you have for us, that where we would, without that strength, we would put them off and say, I can't or I couldn't do that. Now we'll say, I will do that, and God will bring the strength. So, Father, as we go, bless us. Bring us divine appointments, kairos moments, Father, of time, appointed time that we walk into and see you move in our lives and move through us and see lives changed, Father, making our spiritual life incredible. Father, we give you praise today, and we thank you for the word that we have received today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go and be blessed. Hallelujah. Greet somebody on your way out. Let them know you were glad to see them.